Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Welcome to This Is Your Journey with Sam Edmund. For Tobin Brothers Funerals, visit tobinbrothers.com.au. Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. Hello everybody and welcome to the show, made possible by our friends at Tobin Brothers Funerals Celebrating Lives. Well, Opal's captain Jenna O'Hay in March called time on a pro basketball career that saw her make 117 appearances in green and gold across 12 years, including two Olympic Games, a Commonwealth Games and a World Championships. A triple WNBL title winner and a six-time All-Star, Jenna's legacy is also one of courage and resilience and her hurdles include fighting back from being dropped from the national squad to captaining it. Jenna, welcome. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Quite the intro. Thank you. <laughs> now, well, we are speaking, what is it now? We are speaking not even two months post your decision to retire. I mean, how long does retirement take to sink in when I suppose your whole life has taken you to this point? You know, AIS at 16 to one of the country's most successful players. Uh, it's definitely sunk in already. Um, it was something that I have been thinking about for a while when the Olympic games was postponed in 2020 was sort of when I first had the thought on whether I could keep going for another year to, you know, stay at the top of my game. So I had been thinking about it for a while. So once I finally said it out loud, it was a bit of, um, a relief for me and, uh, I've been just, uh, it feels very freeing and I'm, yeah, extremely happy um, with the career that I've had. But, yeah, it was the right time to call time on my basketball career. So the cup is full. I had relief question mark written down here and wondered if it was still ex- a bit of excitement as well, a little bit daunting perhaps, all, all things rolled into one? Uh, at the moment, I just feel really good. Um you know, I've had a bit of a, I went on a bit of a holiday um, up to Noosa, which was lovely and um, been spending time with my family and friends. It's been nice so far. Um, I think uh, daunting, I think will come. I think uh, most retired athletes sort of go through that when they go into the next phase of their careers, whatever that might be. So I'm sure that's to come. But right now I just, um, I feel really good and happy at the moment. I'm not sure if retirement prompts the reflection and and the looking back and the reminiscing, but what what are your earliest memories of a game that became such a big part of your life? When did your relationship with the game of basketball actually start, Jenna? Pretty much since I was born. Uh, I had two older brothers uh, and they both loved basketball. Uh, My parents were right into it as well. Um, and I just wanted to be exactly like my two older brothers, Luke and Matthew. And so the rule was that I wasn't allowed to play until I could make a basket in our backyard hoop, which I did at five years old. And I have been playing, well, ever since then until a couple of months ago. <laughs> so your mum played locally. Matt, you mentioned, played for the Melbourne Tigers. Many listeners will remember. And your brother Luke played over in Ireland. So when you said that you had to make a, a hoop in the backyard to play, was that just against your brothers or actually played then at the local court? Um, to play at the local court. Um, the one-on-one battles with Matthew and Luke um, <laughs> didn't go so successful for me right up until the point where... Um, I think I could beat them and then they stopped playing with me. But up until that point, um, (laughs) 
it was, I would get blocked and I would run in crying and say, they're not allowed to block me. They're too big. So as soon as I got good, um, those games stopped, but yeah, it was just to play locally down um, at the Trelgan basketball stadium. We were living in Trelgan at the time. So once I made that first basket in the backyard hoop, mum and dad signed me straight up and I never looked back. And what was the backyard court set up like? Um, at our backyard in Chiralgan, um, that's a very long time ago for me to remember. I do remember we moved to one turner south uh, after Chiralgan and we had one out the back, one out the front, and I tended to like the front one better and Luke was always out the back. I remember that. And then we moved to Mount Waverley um, and there was a court out the back, but I think it was to the left side of the hoop was the stairs up to our back door. So I couldn't really practice on the left-hand side of the um, ring, which is what I blame for not being able to do layouts with my left hand my whole career. I was very dominated right hand. Um, and then um, from there, I moved up to the Institute and that was when I didn't really use the backyard uh, hoop too much after that. So none of what inspectors at junior level was your rep club, I think. I was keen to ask you, Jenna, what sort of player were you as you came up through the junior ranks? I mean, was making something out of basketball professionally always a clearly defined path for you, even in the back of your mind? Were you always among the top performers early or were you more of a late bloomer? Um, my under 12 coach had the nickname Rolls Royce for me. So I think that says how I was at a very young age. So I think... Um, whether you think it in your mind at the time, I, I don't think I did, but I think everyone saw that uh, I could play the game of basketball from a young age. So did you always find that you were among the better players all the way through, under eights, nines, tens, elevens, sixteens, as you, as you mentioned? Yeah, I always made state teams when I was bottom age, was in the first side at Nunawadi when I was bottom age as well. So, um, yeah, I was – yeah, I don't think it's um, – uh, cocky to say it but yeah I was uh, I, I I was always one of the better players uh throughout my career and um yeah I always loved it and I always put in extra work and I just I wanted to be the best that I could and take basketball as far as I could once I realized I could make a career out of it which I was sort of once I went up to the institute that was when I was like hmm, maybe I could uh do this for a living so obviously you grew up in a basketball household and, and you're surrounded by the sport, as you say, from a very, very young age. I mean, is that why you think the game might have come naturally to you, that there was a, a gift almost that you were born with? Hard work, yes, is required, but there was an element of just natural ability in you? Uh, I think sort of, as I said, since I was born, I've sort of been in basketball stadiums. So I think just being around the game so much, I think I really understood the game. And uh, a lot of people sort of said that I saw um, what was happening a step or two before everyone else did. And I think that was just because I was surrounded by it. We spoke about basketball, you know, all the time in our house. And I was always at the stadium, you know, watching my older brothers and we were watching it on TV. So I very much just absolutely love basketball and it was my whole life and I just wanted to be the best that I could. And so um, I really tried to, I'm, I'm a purist at basketball and I just wanted to be the best that I could. And um, I was always sort of trying to learn from others and um, taking as much as I could. You mentioned the TV. Who were your basketball idols as you were growing up? Uh, Penny Taylor for me was um, who I wanted to be like. She also played for the Nunawad Inspectors and uh, she 
went over into the WNBA. She played in EuroLeague, um, went to the Olympics, went to World Champs. She was just always um, who I wanted to be like, and we played similar positions. Um, I never got to the levels that she did. She was just an absolute superstar, but um, she was someone that I always looked up to. And then I always loved Larry Bird. Um, he was always on the TV in our house. Indeed. And for you, netball was always there too, though, wasn't it? It was. I loved netball. Uh, quite a few of my school friends played netball, so I played with them. And then it was sort of, I was actually liking netball a lot. Um, and then I got offered a scholarship uh, to the AAS for basketball before I did netball. And that was where um, I stopped playing netball and really took basketball uh, seriously. Yeah, just on that scholarship, Jenny, you're 16 years of age, I think, when you're given that. That is so young. I mean, what, what happens in this situation? Uh, yeah, it was young. I was still in year, I was halfway through year 10 when Phil Brown called my parents and offered me the scholarship. Um, mum and dad uh, drove me to Canberra with the boot packed with all my belongings. And um, right. yeah, they dropped me off. And uh, I think that was uh, so good for my basketball. Um, I learned so much under Phil Brown and just being surrounded uh, by all the facilities there. I sort of wish I was a bit... Um, Older, I don't think I use those facilities as much as I probably could have. Um, but just being in that environment, I think, really set me up well for my career. I was going to ask you if mum and dad were, were locking the doors at home and not letting you leave, but they actually drove you to the front door up in Canberra. Uh, they knew that basketball was what I wanted to do and they knew that was the best place for me. I'm sure it was extremely difficult for them. Like, I couldn't imagine how hard that was for them but yeah they were very supportive of my basketball career right through um and yeah they came up they drove up quite a few times to watch me play and because I would get homesick so they were really supportive right through my basketball career and really um you know followed me around the world with it so you played Australian under 18s as you progressed Jenna Australian under 21s I mean where was the game taking you around the world at this point and do you look back and think crikey this was an upbringing that just skipped childhood and, and were you okay with that yeah, I remember before I even got my scholarship to the Institute, they had a few injuries and I went on a, a trip to Hungary uh, when I was still 15. Um, and that was like, I'd never even heard of the country Hungary before. And then all of a sudden I was over there with girls who, you know, were a couple of years older than me. And from that moment on, I was constantly overseas visiting all types of places but you know looking back on my career I feel like I've been all around the world but I haven't really seen the world um mm. I've seen a lot of basketball stadiums a lot of hotel rooms but I think I would like to once sort of the world gets back to a bit of um normalcy I would like to travel and actually explore different countries because yeah as I said I've only really seen basketball stadiums you're listening to This Is Your Journey. It's thanks to Tobin Brothers Funerals, a family-owned business since 1934. So Jenna O'Hay was destined for big things and her career would soon be full of triumphant moments. But those moments would take on an added significance given the adversity she encountered. We'll touch on that next. You're listening to This Is Your Journey with Sam Edmund. For Tobin Brothers Funerals, visit tobinbrothers.com.au. Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. You're listening to This Is Your Journey with Sam Edmund. For Tobin Brothers Funerals, visit tobinbrothers.com.au. Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. 
Hello, it's great to have your company on This Is Your Journey, made possible by Tobin Brothers Funerals Celebrating Lives. We're chatting to two-time Olympian, three-time WNBL title winner, Jenna O'Hay. So Jenna, it's funny, isn't it? I mean, sports men, sports women don't grow up with big dreams of getting injured or being overlooked for teams or even cut from teams or the politics in the way that things are sometimes done. And yet, the reality is that in professional sport, as you would know, almost all of you deal with this and you were certainly no different. (laughs) no different at all um yeah all athletes go through everyone in life goes through adversity um and as an athlete I went through my fair share of ups and downs I was 17 when I dislocated my subtalar joint and the doctors said that I would never play basketball again so that was pretty rough to hear when I was 17 and was able to get back from that um and then after the 2012 uh Olympics I thought I'd have a pretty long career with uh the national team and a new coach came in that didn't particularly like me and the way I played and so for four years I was out of the national team and I sort of thought that part of my career was over and I was sort of focusing on just earning as much money as I could overseas in America and Europe uh, because you know a career uh, of a female athlete isn't super long Um, and then I was fortunate enough to uh, get back into the national team in 2018 for the Com Games, and it was a real thrill. And then to go on to captain the side after that uh, at the World Champs um, and then the Olympics. So it was, um, yeah, there's constant up and downs, and uh, I'm just grateful for the entire journey that I've been on because it's got me to where I am today. Yeah, oh, that 2014, 15, 16 period must have been enormously difficult for you. I mean, as you mentioned, you, you missed out in selection for the World Champs in 2014, Rio 2016 you had to watch, and then and then getting cut by the Seattle Storm in the WNBA. I'm... Oh, hey, has it. We'll get it back again after it goes around the horn. That was a big, big shot for Jen O'Hay. O'Hay tries the three. She's got it. So another three. They are 0-3 against Seattle. Last place, Seattle. The worst team in the league. Jenna O'Hay! She says, how do you like me now? You traded me last year and I'm back. All-star break. Super! Jenna O'Hay! I mean, are these moments, particularly with the WNBA situation, that just completely catch you off guard? Or does athlete intuition come into play at times, Jenna? Um... Oh, oh, I think athletes are, we're always doubting ourselves. So uh, <laughs> you always think that you can do better and be better. And, um, but, you know, I had a, I was in the second year of a three-year contract when I got cut in the WNBA and I was distraught. Uh, you sort of start to plan things, I guess. You know, my partner and I over in America, we had an apartment together um, I had a lease on a car. Um, I had all that sort of set up because I was there for another two years. And uh, it was sort of halfway through training camp where I was like, mm, the coach is being different with me. And it was uh, the last day of training camp when teams had to be in that she cut me. Uh, wow. So it didn't give me an opportunity to go explore other teams. And I was back in Australia before I knew it. And uh yeah, it's, uh, it wasn't a nice period for me. I didn't really want to see people. Um, I didn't want to have to explain myself and what had happened. Um, but, you know, coming back home, I realised how much I had missed home and it was good to be back with my family and friends. And I had signed with the Melbourne Boomers and um, they, playing with them, uh, I really got the love back for basketball. 
Um, so I think everything happens for a reason. And uh, yeah, it wasn't nice at the time, but I can look back and realize that I needed to be home at that time. And, and I guess we raised this, Jenna, to give perspective to, you, to your journey as a whole. So just with the Seattle Storm, as you mentioned, the last day of training camp, can you believe, how does a conversation like that go with the coach? How did it actually play out in the moment? <laughs> it's not something I like to think of too often, so thanks for bringing this up. I appreciate that. Um, but someone came into the locker room as I was getting changed and said, Jenny, uh, the coach, would like to speak to you. And as soon as you hear that, you're like, oh, this, this isn't good. Mm. Um, so went up into the room. Um, she put a box of tissues in the middle of the table and said um, that I have been cut. Um, she pushed the box of tissues towards me and said, I hope we can still be friends. And I refused to cry in front of her and walked out and then burst into tears in the change room with all the girls. <laughs> yeah. Hard to blame you in the moment. I mean, that's a that's enormously difficult to absorb, I'd imagine. And I think, what are you, nearing 30 at this point in your career? I mean, did it have you, you mentioned the boomers, we'll get to them in a moment, but did it have you questioning yourself as to whether you wanted to keep playing the game? Yeah, for sure. Um yeah, I wasn't in a good way when I came back to Australia. Um, I think mum and dad ended up buying um, a dog for me to try and cheer me up. Good old Gussie, the French bulldog. He's a little ripper. Um, but yeah, I wasn't in a good way. I didn't really want to go work out. I didn't. I just was a bit embarrassed, I guess, because um, I'd sort of planned so much and you know had two years left on my contract. Um, why, embar- and- why embarrassed, Jenna? Why embarrassed? I. Uh... Why embarrassed? I, to be honest, I'm not sure. That was just the feeling I had in the moment, sort of, um, you know, having that apartment with Marcus and um, mm-hmm. having a car lease um, and sort of just, yeah, my visa was then cut short and sort of come back to Australia with your tail between your legs. That was sort of just the feeling that I had and no other teams. I sort of, I think I stayed over in America for maybe three weeks, maybe seeing if someone that made rosters got injured and if I could uh, try for another team, but it just didn't work out. And um, yeah, came back to Australia two years earlier than I had imagined. Yeah, it was a bit embarrassing yeah. for me. And, and um, I suppose when you shut yourself away, not the sort of conversation that you want to be having with teammates or, or, or people over there having to relive it over and over again, I suppose. Yeah. So if I did happen to go to weights, it'd be like, oh, what are you doing in Australia? And then I'd sort of have to explain why I was in Australia and it wasn't something that I wanted to explain. So, yeah, I sort of just hid out mm. until I didn't have to have those conversations anymore. And that was where Guy Malloy was really uh, pivotal in, uh, yeah, getting my love back for basketball because I was – yeah, a bit butthurt uh, after being cut. Before we get to Guy, I mean, uh, obviously, as you mentioned, you signed the contract with the Boomers prior to receiving the news from from the Storm. So you'd planned to play with them during the off-season, WNBA off-season. I mean, looking back now, did that contract save your career? I mean, do you think you would have kept playing without it or is that a bit of a stretch? Oh, I could have very easily uh, stayed in America and had a nine-to-five job. Um, I had done an internship earlier that year that I really enjoyed with Microsoft uh, and there was opportunities there for me to work, um, but I knew I had to come home to fulfil that contract that I had with Boomers. So very easily could have been the end of my career if it wasn't for signing that contract so early. Microsoft sounds promising though. 
Yeah, um, I really enjoyed my time there. I did, yeah, three-month internship, sort of trying to prepare for life after basketball because I could see that it was coming to an end. Um, and, I, yeah, I, I loved it there. Uh, but, yeah, I had to come back to Australia. I had that contract to fulfil and um, I've never really been back to America since. Your, this is your journey brought to you by Tobin Brothers Funerals Celebrating Lives. Visit them online at tobinbrothers.com.au. So as you just heard, Jenna O'Hay's about to get her love of the game back. We'll explore how it happened right after this. You're listening to This Is Your Journey with Sam Edmund. For Tobin Brothers Funerals, visit tobinbrothers.com.au. Tobin Brothers Funerals Celebrating Lives. You're listening to This Is Your Journey with Sam Edmund. For Tobin Brothers Funerals, visit tobinbrothers.com.au. Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. Hello, we hope you're enjoying this week's edition of This Is Your Journey. We're with Aussie basketball great Jenna O'Hay. So Jenna, the the crossroads of your career in, in so many ways, 2016 and you headed back to Australia and the Melbourne Boomers in the WNBL, of course, wounded somewhat emotionally. So how do you start to turn the corner here? How do you start to get your mojo back? How do I get my mojo back? Yeah, I started just uh, doing indies with Guy Malloy. Um, I think it was actually a couple of months sort of after I got cut in Seattle. I sort of took my time to get back onto the court. I w- wasn't really feeling it. Um, and yeah, he just slowly worked with me and I started meeting the girls who were going to be on the team and they were all really nice and uh yeah, then I got sort of, yeah, that competitive drive back and that love for the game again. So you'd been in France, you'd been in the States, obviously. Coming home, I guess you had the motivation for and the family to come and watch. I mean, how big was that collective cuddle almost from from friends and family that probably hadn't seen you play all, all too often and here you were able to play on um, on home shores in front of them? Yeah, well, that was the big reason why I signed with the Boomers because I wanted to finish my career playing in front of them. I'd been away for... So long. Uh, So I sort of had the two years left on that Seattle deal and then I signed for two years with Boomers and then I was looking to sort of end my career after that. That's sort of how I foresaw things going. And then, yeah, I got cut from there and came back to the Boomers and um, really loved my time with them and I played well. And then I was back into the national team and, yeah, then ended up playing for, what, three, (laughs) four more years. It is amazing, isn't it? And you played well at the Boomers and the team played well as well. You had a great season that first year back. I think grand final, I think you lost the three-game series to Tansville, but in, in so many ways, an enormously significant season in your career, that one. Yeah, it really was. Um, I had so much fun that whole season. Uh, as you said, we went all the way to the grand final. Um, we lost first game of the final series up in Townsville, came back and uh had a massive crowd at the State Basketball Centre. It was so awesome to play in front. I can still remember it. Um, won by about two points, I think it was, and just the crowd was electric. And then, unfortunately, went back up to Townsville and lost that third game. But that whole season was just really great. And then it was after that season that uh, the Opal squad was announced and my name was on it. So just on this, had you completely stamped your papers for the Opal squad? I mean, you thought that was it, it's completely done, or did you think there might always be a, the door might slightly be ajar for a return? Um, I'd sort of put it out of my head. Um, I just didn't think, yeah, I didn't think it was a possibility again. Um, during that whole season, um, playing back in Australia, I hadn't really thought about it. And uh, yeah, it was great to 
be back in the squad and we went to Italy um, and had a camp over there. And uh, after Italy, a team was announced to go to the Commonwealth Games and I was going. How did it come about? How did you find out that you're in the squad? Who, who called you? Uh, Sandy called me. Um, yeah, and she was really great. She was one of my assistant coaches when I played in LA uh, in 2011 and 12. So we'd had a relationship for a long time. And yeah, she said, um, yeah, welcome back to the squad and uh, welcome back to the team. And uh, yeah, we, we had yeah three great years together with the Opals. Can you recollect your feelings in that moment when Sandy Brondello calls you and tells you you're back? Uh, oh, um, I think there was a lot of emotions. Um, I can't remember the exact phone call, but I do remember um, the Commonwealth Games really fondly. Um, she named me as vice captain, which was just crazy to think of what I'd come from to then be named vice captain. Uh, and we had just a really fun, great tournament uh, in Townsville and the Gold Coast. And uh, my parents and my eldest brother were able to watch me um, and we got gold. So it was just an awesome experience. At gold there and then silver at that year's World Cup in Spain as well, which was which was a big result. Yeah, that was huge. Uh, you know, the Opals hadn't been uh, in that gold medal match for a lot of years. And so to beat Spain on their home court in that semifinal with just all the Spanish people against us, uh, that was just pretty incredible. And um, unfortunately, we lost to the USA in the gold medal game. But to be back on, you know, back with that silver medal, um, yeah, that tournament just uh, sits very highly in uh, my career highlights. So this is big enough, of course, coming back into the squad, being made vice captain as well, given where you'd been, where you'd gone and now coming back. Can you tell us about your return as captain and how that came about? Yeah, so after the Commonwealth Games, Belinda Snell retired from international basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember we were having a team meeting. I think we were over in Spain and Sandy was talking about uh, how we have to respect our opponents, we have to respect each other, we have to respect the umpires. And Jenna's the only one that can speak to the umpires because she's the captain. And it was sort of just like a real nonchalant way that she said it. And like I made a face because she hadn't said that to me. It was sort of just said in this team meeting. And then we had individual meetings after that team meeting. She's like, well, of course you're the captain. I was like, what are you talking about, Danny? I've been in the team, like in the squad for years. And then you've just said it like that. And she's like, oh, I just have all the faith in you. And yeah, I want you to be my captain. So it was, um, it was like it was a no-brainer for her, but it was still all very new to me. So um, just extremely proud and humbled by that. And did the other girls twig as well in the moment? Well, I think they were sort of all similar, like it was not a question. Um, I seem to be the only one that was questioning it. As I said, all athletes have doubts about themselves, so I think that was mine. And, yeah, it's something that um, I'll forever be proud of. The decision to obviously postpone Tokyo 2020, and we'll get to 2021 in a moment, and the Games, of course. I mean, how difficult was that for you and the team, and and I imagine every athlete living it, to, to have the uncertainty and, um, and and the 12-month delay when it came to the Olympics. Is that something that you found personally to be a, a significant challenge? Yeah, absolutely. And being in Melbourne, just the amount of lockdowns that we had and being able to try and continue to train was really, really difficult. Um, so when it was first announced, I just couldn't fathom like training for another year like I had been um, for the Olympics. That was sort of when I first started thinking about retirement. But then... 
I changed the way I was thinking. I was, oh, this is some time to, you know, rehab some injuries, some little niggling injuries that I have and to really be 100% um, next year when it does roll around. So I took some time when it was first postponed just because it was just seemed very just overwhelming. Um, but then getting back into it, um, yeah, did the rehab, got my body really good. And yeah, going into um, Tokyo in 2021, it's probably one of the healthiest my body's ever been. And just incredible to think that it would be nine years between Olympic appearances, which is quite amazing, to be honest. It's ridiculous. Um, But yeah, I uh, never stopped working and um, yeah, extremely proud that I could go to two Olympics. Picks up the dribble. Oh, hey, firing the three. It's all the bottom of the net. Australia in front for the first time in the game. The Opals require in the corner. Oh, hey, been good so far. Continues to be good. The captain knocks down her 4-3. Adds a winless Olympic campaign. Here's Oh, hey, great move. Steps through, backs two. And wanted Mitchell. She did well to reel that in. George with a, Oh, hey, with a three ball. Fires. It's all the bottom of the net. OT, it's Ebsery. Penetration and kick. Oh, hey, the target. She knocked it down. To get there to Tokyo, did it make your career in your mind, do you think, if complete's not quite the right word, would you have had regrets if you hadn't got back into the national setup, do you think, or had you made peace with it? Um, Well, going to the World Cup in 2018, Mm. um, that was like a tick of the box, like I'd sort of got back to that. Um, so that wasn't really on my mind when I was considering retirement. It wasn't such a big deal. Um, but it was okay. If I can get to the Olympics in 2021, then the world cup in 2022 is on home soil and that would be awesome. So that was sort of in my mind. Um, but just getting through the Olympics, the, uh, emotional toll that took on me, um, the physical toll it took on me, uh, it was a lot. And that's when I knew that it was it, it was time for me. We're talking to Jenna O'Hay on This Is Your Journey. It's thanks to Tobin Brothers Funerals Celebrating Lives. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to This Is Your Journey with Sam Edmund. For Tobin Brothers Funerals, visit tobinbrothers.com.au. Tobin Brothers Funerals Celebrating Lives. You're listening to This Is Your Journey with Sam Edmund. For Tobin Brothers Funerals, visit tobinbrothers.com.au. Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. It's been great to have your company here on This Is Your Journey. Thanks to Tobin Brothers Funerals, a family-owned business since 1934. And Jenna O'Hay has been our guest today. Jenna, so much you've achieved domestically, internationally. What stands out? Definitely the bronze medal in London. Uh, when we lost the semi-final to the USA, uh, we're obviously pretty distraught uh, going for bronze. Um, but I got a message from my brother and he said, there's not many Olympians in the world and even less Olympic medalists, so go get that bronze. Uh, and so to have an Olympic medal uh, is just absolutely top of the list um, for me in terms of my career. Um, all three championships that I won in the WNBL, they all are very special in a very different way. Um, the first one with the Boomers, the Boomers had never won a championship before. And so that was really special. And we had lost the year before and then kept pretty much the same team together. So to win that first one for the club was 
really huge for the Bulleen Boomers. Um, and then next year winning it with the Daynong Rangers. Uh, we were lucky to even make finals and went on a nine-game winning streak to yeah. win the grand final, which was just um, just incredible. And then I think the one with the Flyers, that hub season was so difficult. Um, there was so much uncertainty in the world. Uh, we had lost the year before by a total of five points, I think, in a two-game series. And then so to come back and win it all um, was really special. And to finish off the hub season with a win um, was super important because I just hated that hub. It was really <laughs> difficult. <laughs> um, and then the Commonwealth Games um Gold medal was just awesome. It was just such a fun uh, tournament and um, it ranks highly with me. I know we can have recency bias with these sort of things, but that that last WNBL title, I mean, that must have been not just for the hub, but the fact that you were the inaugural captain of the club and to go out like that in a way, I mean, last domestic title for you must have been enormously satisfying. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, yeah, that, that was a fun group as well. Um, and yeah, I think everyone expected us to win. So there was a lot of pressure on us. And so to actually go out and win was really great. And obviously the last season, um, that I had with the Flyers wasn't what we all expected it to be, but that group of girls, um, made those last couple of games for me leading into retirement, super special. And they went above and beyond to make it memorable for me. So, um, they're a special group. And just the Opal's journey, I mean, I think it's three Olympic silver, um, two Olympic bronze from Atlanta 96 to London 2012. Obviously, um, no medals in Rio, no medals in Tokyo. How difficult was the tournament in Japan? Um, Very. Uh, Obviously, a week before we lost um, Liz, Mm. Uh, she pulled out and... To have um, a player of her caliber pull out seven days before um, our first game was really rough. Um, we lost that first game against Belgium, which was disappointing. And then the way we lost against China on those free throws was just super devastating. Um, we had to beat Puerto Rico by a ridiculous amount. I think it was 27 points or something we had to win by and we were able to do that. And then USA in that quarterfinal Um so just the yeah emotional toll of that whole period was a lot for me um, as a leader of the team. I felt like a lot of it was on my shoulders and um, it was unfortunate for us. But I know that this year with the World Cup on home soil, um, I really hope everyone gets behind the Opals and um, they can have a really successful tournament. Just with, we won't dwell on this, but just with Liz Cambage, given the significance of the player, the significance of the timing and and what took place, I'm not sure if this is something that you've um, had to make peace with in terms of the process and what eventuated. I mean, there's only so much you can control as an individual, but how does that particular incident live on with you now? Have you been able to process that and and move on? Uh, Absolutely not. Um, That was, that was huge. Um, and everything that surrounded it was really big. Um, to be honest, uh, I saw a sports psych for months afterwards, um, mm. trying to deal with it all. And I do think that that's part of the reason why I have retired, um, that it, it took a huge toll on me um, and was really difficult. And yeah, I'm still, I don't think I'll ever fully process it, to be honest. Yeah. So is that something that you've at least been able, there's the old saying, isn't it? You can control the controllables and everything else. You sort of just have to be prepared to to let go. I mean, is it something that you've got to a point now where you you can adopt that line of thinking or it's still, even now, still pretty raw for you? 
Um, it's still pretty raw. I don't really mm. talk about it very often unless it's with my sports psych. Um, yeah. And he's put things in place for me to now be able to talk about it. If you asked me a couple of months ago, I would have been in a ball of tears, um, just not being able to process or um, really even think about it. So I, it's, it's going to take time for me um, and everyone heals at a different rate and gets over things in a different way. Um, so that's something that I'm still dealing with today and it's, yeah, I think it's going to take a lot more time. Yeah, we won't dwell on it, but you have been open this year about your own mental health battles as a result. So do you find that, as you say, progressing through the steps and it's something that now that you have been willing to put on the the public record, if you like, to to put your hand up, to miss some games for the Flyers and say that, yep, okay, I I, I need some help here. And, and, And it goes beyond that to being an advocate and a spokesperson as well. Yeah, um, I have been an advocate uh, for mental health and suicide prevention for um, quite a number of years. And that was due to my uncle taking his own life. And so it got to the point where, yeah, I wasn't managing at all. Um, And so I had to take some of my own advice and say that I'm not okay. And the Flyers are really great with that. And I got the help that I needed so that I could get back onto the court. Um, But those couple of weeks that I did take were really pivotal in um, trying to work through um, some of my battles. Um, And yeah, I just want everyone to know that it's okay not to be okay. And you do need to look after yourself because I felt like mentally I wasn't okay. And so I was constantly getting all these little niggles because um, physically um, I was breaking down because of my mental health. So once I took care of that, not that it's fully taken care of yet, but once I started to make that a priority for me, my body did start to feel better. Um, So I just encourage athletes just to look after their yeah mind, body and soul. It's a big step, isn't it? But you must be glad now that you took that step if we can look back with, with hindsight to say that you were prepared to, to cross that divide and, and and put your hand up you must now at least be sitting here thinking that you were thankful for doing that yeah absolutely I wouldn't have wanted to go out like that so to be able to get back onto the court and really enjoy my last few games with the Flyers was really important so that I can um, look back on my career with a smile on my face because if I had have gone out without taking care of myself, I wouldn't have been able to do that. So that was a really important step for me. So obviously enormously challenging off-court, but just coming back to the on-court when it comes to the Opals, I mean, the evolution of the Opals from here, Jenna, I mean, where are they at in terms of uh, reloading and getting back amongst the medals, do you think, in the major tournaments? Yeah, I think it's really important to play games together. Um, it was something that with uh, the lockdowns in Australia, Australia, um, we weren't really able to get a lot of games pre-Tokyo um, as one. So I think uh, that is something that they've addressed and there's going to be a lot more leading games to the World Cup. And I think they'll be re- ready and raring to go. I just love the youth that's coming through um, and the leaders in, you know, your Kayla Georges, um, your Mariana Tolos, they'll have the girls ready to go and yeah, I'm excited to watch and support them and yeah. Um, hope that they can get back into the medals where they belong. So Jenna, the passion, the dedication, the energy that you poured onto the court during your basketball career, oh, as we sit here now in, um, in late April, 2022, where does that all go now? Yeah. Good question. I think um, 
I'm still working out, which is good. I'm doing my hot Pilates. So that challenges me. So I can still get a sweat up and feel good about myself. Um, but the next part of my career, um, I'm hoping to start work in the next couple of weeks, just waiting for some paperwork to come through and I, I'll find my way. I'm not quite sure what that will be as of yet, but um, I'm excited for it. And, um, you know, I gave everything to basketball. So now I'm ready to give everything in my next part of life. And just when it comes to basketball, will you stay involved in any way or will your relationship with the game now be strictly as a fan, do you think? I'll always be a fan. Um, I think right now just um, I do need to step away for a little bit and get some space and some clarity on a lot of things. But I definitely do want to get back involved with basketball and help because I think I have a lot to offer. Um, you know, I, I love the game and, yeah, I would like to give back. But just in the short term, I need to step away and then I don't know in what capacity, but I definitely want to get back involved. Jenna, thanks so much for joining us today. What a journey you've had, ups, downs, everything in between. But what's clear is you left nothing to chance. So you were chips in to being the best you could be. And Australian basketball has certainly been lucky to have you for as long as they did. You'll be missed on the courts as much as the these courts, as much as the international ones, of course. So well done on all you achieved and, and thanks a lot for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. And thanks for joining us also. You've been listening to This Is Your Journey for Tobin Brothers Funeral, celebrating lives. You can jump online to find them at tobinbrothers.com.au and we'll catch you the next time we celebrate another great sporting journey. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.